Hey everybody, welcome to Texas Squad Goals, the Extra Squadcast podcast. I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy. And I'm Chris Farantino. And on this episode, we're talking about Exo Squad, last real episode before season three ish, Abandon Hope. This is part five of the Fall of the Neo Sapien Empire, written by the Brothers Edens. Uh, a lot goes on in this episode. It's super crazy. This is like basically, this is basically it. This is like the finale. Yeah. Um, the real one. What'd you guys think of this one? So I would be lying if I said that when I was a kid, the scene with Thrax where they talk about uh, what it means to live uh, was like a landmark moment for me being like, oh, wow, that's really deep. Uh, and uh, yeah, this episode's wild. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, a lot happens. It really felt like one of those, I feel like I can't think of a good example, but shows do this where like a lot came back, a lot came back around, you know, we're back at soldier's field. We've got, uh, prisoners being shot at. It, it's uh, like this, it's like the second to last episode of every season of game of Thrones where yeah. they're like, Oh yeah. And here's all a bunch of shit we are doing in the finale. So, uh, quick heads up, like. <laughs> it has a very long like previously on yeah um well you know it's like you know early on in this episode that it's going to be kind of like a, a reckoning for everything that's been going on because like you know i mean we start with that takagi's making the uh, funeral pyre for stev rogan edwin masala picks him up and takes him out they basically fly past a montage of all the dead people from the squad or that they've encountered from captain marcus to james to delion and stev rogan but you know, I, I like, guess I like, by the way, that his his idea, he has enough time to build a funeral pyre for Staff Rogan, not just like bury him, but like <laughs> gather like hundreds of pieces of sticks, pieces of sticks, hundreds of sticks, put them, <laughs> arrange them in a Lincoln log type fashion. And the thing just burns on its own. There's no he doesn't light it. It just sort of like he Marsala comes and gets Takagi. They fly off and the thing just ignites. It's also a little gruesome because, like, his, like, hands are sticking out and stuff. Like, you're going to see I was like, I was like, I was like, come on, man. Like, that's sort of the point of a non-funeral pyre. Like, yeah. Yeah. Can we, can we also talk about for one second that in the, uh, in the sky montage of, or the sky, I guess, like, in memoriam that we saw, there's no uh, Noretti? No Noretti. Anywhere. But there is a Captain Marcus, which I thought was interesting. Uh, it's uh, it's all the people that Takagi misses. He doesn't miss already. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Who was that? Yeah, he's like, she was in the squad for like one day. Who cares about her? Yeah. Wasn't she a monster woman? But yeah, also Stav Rogan kind of gives a little wink on the way out. So that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> They're all Jedi, Chris. Yeah, exactly. It turns out Takagi's a Jedi, and that's like when the lost storylines for season three. It was the epic Star Wars crossover. They're like, well, there's never going to be another movie, so we might as well just incorporate it, right? Yeah. Yeah, so basically, you know, I guess since we're on the way, you know, Phaeton and the Monstars, his like, all-star squad of shitty generals, have JT in the seizure prison, and there's a lot of monologuing going on. Um, I forgot that cartoons used to be like this before the whole Pokemon gave like thousands of kids seizures in Japan, where it'd just be like flashing lights all over everywhere yeah dude my, my head was hurting staring at that prison that shit was uh exhausting to watch like <laughs> as a kid i don't remember it being as like horrifying for the eyes but 
you know, I guess, you know. I get why my parents didn't want to watch cartoons with me now, like, a lot more. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I definitely, as an adult, like, you know, awesome war cartoon. Yes, please. I mean, we just did, like, a thousand episodes on the show. But, yeah, like, shit like that, those elements could definitely do without. It's funny that we've we're you know we're in this like final episode and phaeton in like four different scenes has a lot of time to just like monologue on about shit he's really given the oscar bid uh in the last days of the neo Empire. <laughs> i want to point out though jd jt does sass him um, oh, yes. oh yeah an inferno rages inside me Terran. it consumes me burns me Probably something you ate. They make a good couple. I wish there was there was more of them. Just like <laughs> I would like to see it, the show continue, and they have to like team up. You know, when like Spike became a good guy in Buffy. Yeah. You know, and they've got to like go on a road trip together, <laughs> like just in a car the whole episode. You know, there's it just reminds. I mean, we haven't gotten there yet, but there's a scene later in the episode where Phaeton talks about happiness, and. I actually just wanted to see them have a moment where they interact, you know, like not wisecracking, not, you know, being the bad guys, but kind of having that like moment of like, you know, respect before I blow up the world kind of thing. You you want that? You want that? Um, You're not so different, you and I. Nevertheless, <laughs> I could have called you friend like that moment. Yeah. Because right? yeah. it's like they've. it's been, you know, this is season two episode like 39 or something like that like they've been at each other's throats for a long ass time like yeah. you know I, I, it's kind of a, a weird moment too because he kind of he's he he, he kind of goes like have, have you ever been happy and he's like what he's like i was happy one time i was walking across a field yeah and i smiled and i thought it's somebody was going to hit him with a tomato or there's going to be some kind of thing that broke it up and made him hate humans yeah, but he—that's just sort of that. It was like I was happy once in a field, and I was like, "We can go back to fields." Yeah, you don't right. Have to start a war. It was—it was, it was, <laughs> I, it was oh. University of Chicago, man. It's like two feet away. Like, yeah, it's not that. Not, uh, not to be not to be too contrarian on this because I agree. I want that. Like, like we don't get enough time. Like considering that their position is arch enemies, like we don't get a lot of time of like JT Marsh and Phaeton like personally interacting, which is kind of a bummer. But, like, I do think that scene for me did a really good job of, like, reinforcing just how lost Phaeton is. Like, the whole, the whole story is, like, the, the whole story of, of Exosquad is, like, Phaeton's, like, descent, right? Like, he begins as, like, an idealistic leader of his people, and he wants to, he wants to, make, he wants to like, lead a revolution. At the end, like, he's, the, um, the meat, the end's, like it's Phaeton's a really good argument for why the ends justify the means argument doesn't work because as Phaeton's end as Phaeton's means um the, your means determine who you are and as Phaeton's means change his ends change and when we get to this point right like he's just crazy right like he doesn't he's totally lost and like there's nothing to be done except like take him out which is wild yeah and he has that great uh, encounter with uh, Livia. Where yeah. he's like, let me tell you a secret, Livia. There is no Neo Sapien order, no destiny. There is only power. My power. I did trust you, Livia. That's why I never made any clones of you. Some monster men are going to kill you now. You know, and that's like, 
and I also he lays the the heartbreaking thing of you know I did trust you that's why I never cloned you and I'm like fuck the feels but like but I mean it like you said it's his descent and the goals changed you know when was the last time you know he sort of did anything that you could be like eh I kind of I can maybe vaguely see that like maybe episode two everyone's worse off for Phaeton having done what he did right like and 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 these last couple episodes do a really good, like I I guess like rewatching it I guess I question if it was ever like yeah like like if Phaeton ever really cared about other Neo Sapiens if it was just like a means to an end like I think I don't think he's that different. I think in the end he's shown to not be that different from the guy that was going to shoot him. Like they both, they both, they both hated so much that like they couldn't make anything constructive out of it. Yeah, and you, I mean, you contrast that with uh, the arc of like Napier, who you know is super racist to start the uh, start the show, and literally in this episode drives a tank column into soldier new soldier field. And saves like a bunch of like non-combat prisoners. Like, you know, he could have just fragged them all, but yeah, kind of, kind of. They all keep, they all run away from him. So I'm yeah. not sure <laughs> that they. I was like, they shouldn't he be freeing people? Like, where are all the? It's not to get to the end, but like, it's surprisingly empty when it comes to people celebrating the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm like everyone's dead. Uh, although. Uh... Bronski ringing the bell is fucking awesome. Wolf, where are you going? It's all over. Somebody needs to make some noise. And and we get that uh, my favorite thing in any long series which is like in the victory we get to see like the minor characters we met along the way like also celebrating i was sure uh, my my boy our boy in the our boy in the taxi's back oh, yeah. Sydney. just sitting in a burnt out new york on an empty street just honking his horn <laughs> he's the only one left alive our, our boys a tyree taking it in a uh, freedom opera at the sydney opera house there were a couple of like location shots where you're just like you're trying to remember who we know they're like like france yeah, like oh yeah, the Notre Dame. Did we have have we been here? Like, did we do something here? No, not really. The Buddhist monk um, ringing the bell, I think, really stands out. I do get the sense that that dude to him, nothing happened. No. He was just in his monastery gardening. <laughs> like he's just like oh, bells are ringing. Okay, it's five o'clock. Let's do it. Yeah, I wanted to make Independence Day from the point of view of somebody in Akron. <laughs> what what happened? I do like the idea that, like, after Independence Day, if you're, like, in Akron, Ohio, you suddenly have become, like, the third most important city in America. It's the new capital. <laughs> you're like, great, I'm glad I bought real estate here. But, um, but yeah, no, that, I mean, it does seem kind of lonely at the end. You, you're kind of expecting there to be big crowds. Um, Winfield shows up with two handsome guys we've never seen before, which is kind of funny. Uh, <laughs> But I think what's funny. I think what's funny about the the Phaeton or interesting about the Phaeton moment when he's talking about when he was happy is that it. I don't quite know what to make of it because I think like a lot of things like it's a really short on the show, like a really short moment. It kind of humanizes him, but it kind of doesn't explain anything. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't it's go like, anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like you guys are right. Like, like the University of Chicago is right there. You can go to that place. Like, yeah. like I once ate a hamburger. 
Like, okay. What? <laughs> Go be Hamburg. If that's what you want to do. Like, you know, it's like, I wish it was more like related to what this was all about. Because like, there's part of me that's like, because he talks about how he was going to talk about like the future of the Neo-Sapien people. But then he like ruined that, you know, like, so would he have been happier if he had never gotten involved in all this? Is that what he's trying to say? Or is it like just the simplicity of like dreaming, you know? Right. Well, like the part where he says it was just about power makes more sense to me that that's just, yeah. You know, it's like spoiler alert, breaking bad him just kind of saying like, I liked doing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's simple, but yeah. it seems honest. And if you just said it was just about me, I was just angry the whole time, you know. And that's and that's the, and that's the great like tragedy, right? Which is like you can't you can't get every Neo Sapien to agree with you. Be like, I just hate everyone, and I'm gonna fucking tear shit up. Like you can't sell that to people. But like we're remaking society in in an in a, a paradise. Like that's why you should be wary about people who are like after everyone else is dead, it'll be cool. Like that's never good. Like, that's never that never ends well. Like there's no. There's no happy purges. Like no, no, like, like no, like no, like no uh, successful like like admired person ever was like after the blank massacre. Like it never works out. Like <laughs> yeah, though I am waiting for that happy purge movie to come out. Like purge Valentine's Day, you know? Oh, oh dude, oh dude, third purge movie is sweet. Uh, is that election year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I mean, that movie a lot. That movie was really good. I, okay, complete sidebar. I actually really like the Purge movies. They're fucking awesome, dude. Dude, I cannot. I I have a real great love for that like seventies and eighties like hard boiled science fiction like dystopia stuff. Yeah, and like uh, I, Purge is totally a callback to that stuff, which is rad. I I just want to say like my my the sole. I wasn't sold on the purge until they did like the public service announcement thing. And it's like, you know, the annual purge will begin. All crimes are illegal, especially murder. And you're like, why are they emphasizing that one? And you're like, Oh, I get it. I I get it. I guess it's not really a twist, but like the reveal about like that, the purge is really like a means of control by the upper class. Uh, Sorry, you should watch The Purge before you listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but like that reveal, I was like, I was like, oh, like that's actually really clever. Like this movie's a lot smarter than I gave it credit for. Uh, and then Omar from The Wire is in it, which is rad. Yeah, exactly. If you come at the king, you best not miss. But and speaking of not missing, um, I just want to point out my favorite thing from this episode. Um, Bronski and the Jump Troops are at Gettysburg. Avery Butler's having fever dreams and all that stuff. But they fly to Chicago, and uh, they go into Phaeton's bunker, and he has the abandon all hope, ye who enter here. And, you know, uh, Pellegrino is all like, hey, Gabagool, oh, it's Italian from the Divine Comedy. And they're like, eh, not that funny. And then Bronski shoots the sign, so only is like Speranza's left, which is hope. And now I think that a young Barack Obama <laughs> saw this movie or saw this show and was like, hope, Chicago, I'm in Chicago organizing hope and change presidency so i think that, that uh, actually was... you know if, if you think about it exo squad would have been on during like his pot his pot smoking occidental college years <laughs> like before he got like serious so like i could see young barack being like okay <laughs> like yeah 
Like, yeah. yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this theory. Going, um, to, going to the library, looking up the word Speranza. <laughs> Being like, Phaeton was happy at Universal, University of Chicago. I'll learn from his mistakes and become a good leader. I'm from yeah. Chicago. <laughs> he like I can just see him looking at the word and then looking up, <laughs> looking out, and then it cuts to uh, black. Um, <laughs> can we talk about uh, Phaeton's ultimate demise here? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, forever. Literally um, forever. JT shoots him up, which is pretty awesome. And then he yeah. calls out like butter along a frying pan. <laughs> And then uh, it falls on Nera to shoot her, but she's turning into a plant person. She yells, ah, Ketzer! And then she yeah. just shoots him in the head. But she <laughs> uses the plant magic, too. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, she does use plant magic to stop him from pressing the button. Who yeah. do the doomsday machine, by the way? Yeah. Also, the um, the part with um, the where Phaeton is, like, sludging his, like, slugging his way to the button is definitely unintentionally hilarious. Like, <laughs> yes. It reminded me of those scenes in, uh, in a New Hope Special Edition where Jabba the Hutt is moving around, and, like, it doesn't quite line up, and, like, sometimes it just disappears altogether. You're like, oh, come on, could he just have, like, walked? Like, is that... I get the symbolism of, like, him becoming more, like, less human, but, like, it's... Pe- things should have... Scary things have legs. That's just a fact. Also, but, yeah. like... like- things that you want to be scary aren't scary in wide shots. Yeah. <laughs> so if like, you can see the whole thing moving slowly, you're like, oh, it's it's just a thing. You know? <laughs> uh, poison and like uh, swimming things aside, uh, people that come up to my waist, I'm not super threatened by. I don't feel like a sense of like uh, ominousness. Especially when like much like the Neolord issue, they have a giant E-frame, like, right there. Like, they could have just have kept him in the eight-foot E-frame forever in the Exo-Squad show. Like... <laughs> yeah, it's... As soon as you have to... As soon as you have the realization that, like, there's probably a guy that goes around following Phaeton, like, wiping up the floor yeah. after he, like, slugs <laughs> around, he's not scary. Um, Nara does get, like, an amazing one-liner off when he goes, You're not human. And she's like, My mother and my father were. And my brother. My brother's name was James. I think I wrote down, oh, so you're just naming people who were human? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. My mom, my dad, my Barack brother, Obama. yeah, JT Marsh, Takagi, and he's just sitting there like, can I blow, can I blow up the world yet or no? Okay, plant magic. Is there significance in that moment? Do you think her innocence, her, she's finally lost her innocence? I think it's like 30% that and 70% reminding you she has plant powers for the next season. Like, <laughs> like we're gonna go all in on this next season. Uh so like when you buy like Nara Burns Vegetation Force toys, like you gotta be sure that she has the uh, that, you're, that you're up to date. 
Ah, oh, Veggie Force. I can see her leading like broccoli soldiers and yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a guy like made of fronds, like called like Lieutenant. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> Lieutenant Franz. Yes, yeah. Franz. He's German, <laughs> but he's also made of fronds. Um, yeah, that's just a weird dude, man. There'd be uh, a guy, a skateboarding soldier named Rad Ish. Oh yes. Dude, I, would, um, I, would, I would read this shit. I would. I would watch this show. A beat with a boombox called Beats. Yes. Um, no beat. We're here. We can just buy this idea, man. Like anytime. Yeah. We got the whole thing. Yeah. Anyone, any 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 millionaires in Hollywood who listen to our podcast, feel free to give us any. I miss a call. <laughs> Access one goes at gmail. We know you're hit us up on Twitter. But I will say, like, there is a bit of a thing where, because she's the one that shot him to knock him off the, uh, mm-hmm. the cliff on on Olympus Mons. And she was like, oh, I had a bad shot. I was aiming for his gun. Now she's not missing. She's like going for that kill shot because she's turned from this like child into a woman. And like, but yeah, no, it's definitely her transformation. And like, I will say, I definitely, I did notice that, you know, Nair is in charge. Tor is fucking like Draconis 2.0. She fucking just like grabs his cockpit and crushes it. Um Sorry. Which sounds she does. She fucking does. dirty. She, she does do that. Right. But oddly on brand. Yeah, right? The yeah. um not off character. Yeah, Colleen O'Reilly's leading the jump troops. Like for a cartoon in like nineteen ninety four, there's a lot of like strong primary like the women have kind of taken over as like the leaders, which I dig. She lays lays she lays it out for Bronsky. She's like, We are getting we we are going to Chicago. Like Yeah. All right. Does she? Does Colleen O'Reilly look different? Like in some shots, I feel like her. Yeah, the animation's a little up and down in this one. Yeah. Um, can we? There's talk about something which I find really interesting in this episode, like which is it just everything seemed more like high stakes, like the frames were getting damaged more. The you know everybody was getting hit a lot more. It just seemed like. Different in yeah. that, different in that respect, and I really, I really like you like that because I just feel like sometimes you know you know your characters are going to be fine, and then there's a moment when you can sort of towards the end of the series where um, you can kind of do those things, and you can kind of say, okay, all all bets are off, you know. Well, it's kind of like the uh, when they did the Pentagon attack, right? And suddenly the animation was like super like anime, and frames were bursting into flames and walking around on fire and shit. You know, it's like we've got three episodes left. If they haven't bought the toys, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that it's definitely a lot more, a little a lot grittier in a lot of ways, in the sense of you know, fucking frames just standing there and blowing up next to each other. You know, people getting. I mean, how many Neo Lords just get like fragged outright? Just, you know what I mean? More, like just more tactile. You know, it's yeah. like not like one shot explosion. It's like ten shots and the thing the thing collapses oh you know what i mean everything just seemed a little bit i think grittier is a good word for it except for uh shiva's e-frame running away that looked really silly there's because like, <laughs> it like turns tail and it runs but it has legs like kind of chicken legs so it's like <sighs> you there's, know like, there, there's a great line where phaeton says shiva you've been my best general can you stop them and he says no <laughs> and then yeah, he, that- he and draconis go out and it's just wreck shit. And Livia has a great look there where she's basically just like, what the fuck are we doing? I think that's like the point in the episode where she's just like, you know, I'm uh, done. Yeah, there's a great look that they give her where she's like, 
I think she she changes her mind on certain things. I also feel like I don't know this Shiva and Draconis, so I don't feel badly yeah. for them. Like they don't mean anything to me at this point, but I really was in- invested in the original big three. Speaking of great looks, can we talk about the uh, the shot of that one woman with the puffy hair and the like awesome sunglasses? Oh, dude, oh, she was, she's my MVP. Uh, <laughs> so, like, um, so like when you're a kid and like you get glasses, like it's not great, right? Like it's not the most, it's not the coolest thing you can do as a kid. But like, promise to you is the ability from TV. TV promises you that you will get the opportunity to hear absurd things and then lower your glasses and look at the person. Like, are you kidding me? And uh, the one of the one of the female Exo Squad pilots with the curly hair uh, rocks that look at. It's taking fate on city, right? Yeah, there, there's the sitcom portion of the episode where they're like, Takagi gets back, and I think it's uh, Maggie's like, you know, you know, I'm glad you're back, you know. And, oh, can you we know, talk about he, that moment? Because then he blushes, and it's like, what? Yeah, yeah. Like, weird. Like Deleon just died. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, he, he's not even like cold man <laughs> like but what i love is that that little exchange prompts like the most canned like you know hollywood edge you know laughter i'm glad you're all right me too <clears throat> i thought for a second you know when you're watching a show and they're like doing a show within a show and it pulls out and you're like, Oh, that was the movie. It was like that kind of a moment where you're like, this does not feel like it's in the same universe, this laughter and also the cheers and whoops. And yeah, they say they're going to take fate on city and everyone just starts like, you know, you get the like, like eyeglasses thing, you know, people start making out high fiving and cheering. And it's like, yeah, but you guys are going to like assault a bunker in like two minutes. It's like, you should be planning or something. No. Okay. Yeah. And that's not the time to celebrate. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a sign of how of how much respect and adoration Winfield demands. Like he just does a mm-hmm, and then everyone has to crack up because Winfield is hilarious. And like <laughs> and he's like he's like, We're going down to faith, we're going down to take Earth and you're all gonna die. And they're like, Yeah, man, awesome. <laughs> that's a great idea. Like <laughs> I'd like to think it's the two the two handsome uh, generals behind him are <laughs> doing something hilarious. Yeah, yeah, they're like, come on, guys. Um, but the only thing I'll, the last thing I'll say about that one with the glasses is, so no one's judging here, but I think that was a great opportunity for like a uh, sarcastic remark with technology speak that all science fiction should demand. So like when Phaeton is like, when uh, when Winfield is like, you know, we're taking Phaeton City uh, and that woman drops the glasses, she should have said something like, Yo, is his hard drive corrupted or his landing gear must be busted or something like that? Don't <laughs> <laughs> like, forget to reload the Admiral's brain. Like, yeah. and are it, my comp system scrambled or did he just say we're going to Chicago? Yeah. What's your malfunction? Like that like, <laughs> like that's that's the magic of science fiction is here is is being able to like that's one of the reasons people write science fiction is because you can get away with swearing uh by saying it's like using a futuristic term like oh yeah like uh like firefly on uh on fox with uh sure yeah goram yeah goram and fark 
or the or, or the frack from, yeah. Frack yeah, from yeah, 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 frack. yeah mine was johnny dangerously <laughs> farkin <and> isol um <laughs> that was <laughs> but uh, yeah man like yeah this this for this episode is like wildly it goes from like literally the most farcical comedy stuff we've ever seen to like Phaeton's about to destroy the world and is murdering his generals and prisoners. Like, it's it's a wild ride, man. Like, it, holy shit! It is a, a lot happens. It's there's a lot of really serious things that I mean. Overall, I mean, I think this is a really great episode. Yeah. <laughs> to sort of end the show on, I think it never. I think that there was a fear at some point at the beginning of this second season that it was kind of going to let down. It might not be satisfying again but i think they found a way to make it and i think ending shows is hard um yeah and i think they found a way to make it really they, yeah, do like four episodes lead up to this like this is a difficult thing to do yeah, yeah i think i mean i think they just like i don't know brought the ball over the goal line i don't know yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like i think i think what they did was sort of like correct and necessary you know they didn't take any weird really weird chances i mean the narrow thing is a little bit funny next episode is going to be interesting <laughs> but um you know i mean i think they did what they had to do and, and there's i think there's a certain amount of respect i have for that you know yeah well you know i was thinking about this like because you know i want to do like just a quick rundown of like you know the state of the nation kind of thing and like you know in most sort of cartoon series Okay, you hit the end of like a big storyline, and they would just be like, you know, oh, you think you've captured me, Exo Squad? Well, I'm, I'm I've got my slug capsule, and it's going to shoot me into space, you know, and he'd get away. <laughs> and there'd be like some cheesy thing like that, but like the only guy from his like central like guard that gets away is like Pretorius. Basically, he just like runs out the back door during a firefight. Um, but this is like final. You know, like all the big generals are dead except Shiva is like captured. Um, Typhonus like gets fragged in the uh, soldier field, and Draconis was crushed to death. Like there is not a lot of wiggle room if you you know if you're doing like a little episodic fun time show. You know, this is like this is it final. Is, there's no no more neo sapiens like there's no more bad guys yeah like, it's like you have ketzer in the jungle and pretorius you know being a weird gene freak like you know other than that you know are the pirates gonna go bad not really you know we're getting into like reconstruction and like rebuilding the world and you know from like a galactic genocide <laughs> like happy fun saturday morning cartoons not really you know so knowing knowing how knowing that they planned a third season with like a new enemy, like you can kind of it's it's a little clearer now, like with adding Ketzer in at the end and like hitting on Pretorius and stuff, and like having Thrax, like like I I kind of get the sense that like Thrax and the Neo the Neo Megas were gonna team up with the Neo with uh the exo fleet to like fight the new enemy which i thought was like an interesting which i think is like a oh, cool yeah. idea and like you figured like the pirates and the yeah. jump troops and all you know like you know you figure avery butler is going to become a uh a general you know or run like the academy or something like that winfield's going to retire and yeah. marsh is going to go to his like chateau and be like he's going to be taking care of his horses and be like but general i just don't know what to do 
I've been sucked into a space wormhole, you know? No, what you want, what you want is like Takagi to like be hiking through the woods and come upon a cabin. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And he's, and he's, and he, there's no one there. And then you hear like a shot, like an old shotgun sound. And Marsh is like, got a beard. And he's kind of out of shape. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, Winfield yeah. needs you back. He's like, I gave up that life. Yeah. Are you just like Bronski? I, <laughs> yeah. I, what are you doing here? I, I not, to, not to give anything away, but the next episode, I think the next episode is the last one, and and uh, Winfield like retires to a ranch like immediately, like like seconds after the war. Like <laughs> he's like, I just did this to get back to my horse practice. But yeah, he's like, I just want to watch horses have sex. That's what I'm into. <laughs> That's my but fetish. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't expect you to understand. It's just where it's I'm at. It's been a long war. We all fought this war for different reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no wonder he fought so hard. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm glad, like, JT didn't get there and, like, Phaeton sitting in, like, an all-white room with a chessboard in front of him. You know? <laughs> it's like, has this been a dream? You know? It's just, it didn't... Sometimes I feel like a lot of, like, modern shows now kind of have, like, that weird second-to-last episode. Where you're like, oh, they were underwater the whole time and they were hallucinating. We've talked about Battlestar in the show and like a lot of the parallels. And I mean, you know, Battlestar was its own thing with its own cosmology and all that. But like, you know, you compare the momentum that this show had running into those like, as there's like one or two throwaway episodes, but that were set up basically for next season. But like, you know, you, you hit a very final point on this. And. You know, it feels like we did something as opposed to, like you said, like in a battle star where you're like, oh, okay, this is yeah, not it what I like expected. To keep, to keep it interesting, it had to keep doing interesting things. And just because something's interesting doesn't necessarily make it correct. Or, you know, yeah. and this, I think like this show did exactly what it had to do. It was, I think it was always interesting. And it never felt like, okay, they're just going to do this. Okay, they're just going to do this. You know, it felt like they were able to keep keep it going well enough that it wasn't just, you know, inevitable. Yeah. And I mean, think, I mean, just think of like a character like Thrax, who's basically like the Boba Fett, right? That's how I think. Um, they took, yeah, well, they took basically like the badass bad guy character. And instead of just making him be like, oh, you know, he's like the big boss for like one episode. They're like, no, we're going to actually make him one of the most, you know, philosophically dynamic characters in the show who's actively fighting for like good because he had, a, you know, an emotional moment with the um, the base commander on. I'm totally blanking on the name of it, but, you know, where the guy was like, I'm going to sacrifice myself, myself so you guys can escape. And that basically like changed his life, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's you don't get that in a lot of shows, and like this show is always very true to itself in those moments, which I really well, admire. I it, yeah, it, okay. It it also sort of cements Thrax's role role as like the Rommel, right? Like yeah. he's the one he he sees he's he's able to salvage he's able to he's able to uh, salvage like something meaningful out of like a an unjust war, right? Like his his growth is like is turning something good out of Phaeton's like obvious evil. Um yeah, it gets I mean I want to sort of save this maybe for the the last, our very last episode. But like it gets back to those big themes of the show. 
you know, I think it, I think we get bogged down in the, you know, the details of the war and that kind of stuff. But I think like that's, I like that stuff because it kind of reminds you of like the reasons we do things and the, the meaning behind it. It's not just fighting. Yeah. You know, as Thrax said, I used to worry how I would face the end. Would I go bravely like a soldier? But let me tell you something, Neomega. It's life itself that matters, not how it ends. Every moment is a precious gift, if only we have the courage to accept it. That's where our duty lies. Not in taking life, but in living it. With that said, you know, we'll save a lot of these deeper conversations for, you know, our sort of like series wrap-up show, but... Who was your MVP for this episode? Um, I'm going to give it to Thrax because I too have learned that it's not the matter in which we die, but how we live every day that matters. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm glad Thrax and I, uh, through our war and the fall of the Neo-Sapien Empire, have come to that same conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> You compared notes a couple of times. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yo, yo, Thrax, you up? And he's like, yes, I am, my friend. Yeah, like, eggplant, eggplant, eggplant. I'm going to give it to Livia because there's always there's a character that was sort of the idealized, you know, the new Neo-Sapien order with Neo-Sapiens on top and everything. And she was like the one that sort of believed in the most pure form of that like vision. Even though it never existed, she was a true believer, and it's interesting. Yeah, yeah and it's interesting to see that, like, you know, because we had that sort of with, uh, you know, with a, very, a lot of characters from, uh, you know, oh my god, I always blank on her name. There are many stars in the galaxy. Oh, uh, but none as bright as Amanda Connors. Yeah, like Amanda Connors is sort of like the, this, you know, the collaborator true believer you know we've had those characters that have believed but no one's believed as much as her and even with her like glimpses of like you know the value of art and you know like living and trying to like see a bigger future for everything one way you know one way or the other versus as Phaeton spiraled more and more out of control and it was like really interesting to see that like storyline and their arc together come to its inevitable violent end you know so yeah, MVP. What do you got, Chris? Um, well, I really thought Ryan was going to go with the sunglasses lady, and I was going to do Thrax. But um, <laughs> well, she's she's everyone's MVP. <laughs> sunglasses lady's wide open. Man. Um, part of me wants to say Ketzer for giving Nara the superpower, but um, I think I'm going to say O'Reilly. I think she's really comes into her own and really becomes the leader that uh, she was meant to be. And I really dug her. Uh, what she does in this episode, I thought she's really determined and did a great job. I'm happy about her. I'm going to change my MVP to President Barack Obama. Sure. Who survived the Neo-Sapien War and later became president of these United States of America. Exo-squad and presumed marijuana enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> I just stole that image. He's like, who Barack Obama didn't smoke weed at Occidental College and watched Exo-squad? <laughs> I'll wait. Show me the documents. If I ever meet him, just bumming around DC, I'm going to be like, Mr. President, I have one question. I have two questions. One, did you see that thing I worked on that was about you? And two, did you watch Exosquad and smoke (laughs) weed when you were in college? My friend and I have a bet. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm not a reporter or anything. I just want to know if you consume marijuana and watch cartoons in college. But is there like a line if you like saw him on the street, you could get, you could just be like, "Hey, yeah, JT Marsh." Like you could just sort of like <laughs> throw oh, yeah. like a name at him, and he you could see the glimmer of recognition Interesting. in his eyes. Like if like if he was like walking by, and you just shouted JT Marsh at him. If he'd like look back and go, "Yeah," you know. Hey. You'd be like, Abel Squad, yeah, Wolf Bronski. Like, because if you just shouted, like, you know, Obama, you know, people shout Obama at him all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Nara Burns, Mar- Marsala. Yeah. Pirate leader Simbaka. <laughs> what? He was like, yo, you were in the wars? <laughs> what happened to the pirates, by the way? Yeah, they've been uh, pretty low key, right? They're not even in space now. Are they all dead? What? Are, they got him. Are right? they occupying Venus? What's going on? Yeah, they kind of. Uh... Yeah, what's Simbaka up to? Right, like he's not even he, on the. I thought like they would be like no, Algernon and Simbaka over his over Winfield's shoulder when he came Simbaka. down. Yeah, Simbaka's on the bridge in this one when when Winfield says stop firing at the plant at Chicago, he goes like, all right, yeah. stop firing, and you see like over Simbaka's shoulder, I think. Hey guys, do you remember Hollis and when he got crippled? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hollis can't walk no more. Yeah, have fun with that. Um, Good thing he has Medicaid. Yeah. <laughs> and again, Space Obama. Um, well, what do you guys have to recommend this week? Uh, so I watched um, the HBO Films adaptation of Fahrenheit 451 with Michael B. Jordan, which is really good. You mean with Michael Shannon? Yeah, Michael Shannon's the bad guy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a it's a great departure from the books. Um, but they bring in like a lot of modern social media and like video and emoji things that I think are interesting. Um, I think it's interesting updating, uh, but you should still read the book. Um, I'm going to recommend the most recent six episodes of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt because it is weird and fun, and I really enjoy that show. <laughs> you see, okay, uh, fight time. Um, I love that show. The last I I felt like I was dying watching the last episode of the season, the very last one. Yeah, like, I was like dying in a good way or dying in a bad way. Um, not the not the good way. There was like one thing I was like, everything I wanted them to go into, they never did, and I was just like, ah, it's too easy. Like I, I just felt like they. Is this like the whole season, or is there a second half to the season? No, there's a second half of the season that they're releasing later. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'll reserve my judgment, but I was just like, there's some things that I'm like, it seems like we're tying everything up a little too quickly, but if we if we have more time, then, you know, I will withhold commentary, but... Yeah, there's a, there's a whole second half. I didn't even remember the very last one, but um, I don't know. I like that they went there with the documentary episode, even though I was like, I don't want to watch this. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. Um, you know, and there's some really good things in there, some good gags and... I mean, that cast is like still fucking awesome, you know. So I enjoyed it. The funness channel, channel. <laughs> YouTube Brown. Um, I am gonna recommend Deadpool two. I saw that and enjoyed it, and you can tell they made it for seemingly not as much money as you think they should have. But um, the usage of the character Domino, if you know the uh, the comics, whose special power is luck is just really fun because it's like one of those things that shouldn't really work on screen, but the way they pull it off is like really fun. Um, but yeah, so that's mine. Probably, I guess, a couple weeks old at this point, but whatever. I just saw it. Get over it. Nice. Um, yeah, guys. 
freaking A. One more episode. Like, one more episode, then we're free. <laughs> no. But yeah, it feels like I am kind of blown away by the fact that we're getting to basically the first episode of season three, which never happened. And <laughs> I'm kind of ter- I'm kind of terrified to see it and then be like, oh, shit. You know, like what could have been? I've just finished rewatching uh, Deep Space Nine, and it also has a uh, a like uh, six part season finale. And at the end, you can kind of tell they're like leaving it open. They were like, "But if anyone wants to renew us, uh, we have a crew here, so we can totally do it. Like, <laughs> let us know." Like Babylon Five does that too. They're like, "Hey, yeah, so goodbye, goodbye, everybody." But we can do the next show. Don't worry, we have another season. There's a cast. Don't worry about it. Like we're good. Like, <laughs> like the lights are shutting off. Like, yeah, yeah. They're like, no, no, no. There's like three other people who are willing to do this job. Like, yeah. But Michael J. Krasinski's, uh, or whatever, however you say his name. You know, he wrote another 40 episodes just by himself four minutes ago. We're good. He writes so much science fiction. It's it's insane. It's kind of scary. Um, between him and um, Aaron Sorkin, you know. If there's a walkie-talkie uh, sci-fi show between the two of those, you could write every episode. Actually, I would watch the shit out of that show. <laughs> that's awesome. It's just called like Athena's Corridor, and it's just like a spaceship yeah. that's like a giant tube that they have to walk up and down. People opening folders, looking at them, closing them, and then saying something. In the um, yeah, Aaron Sorkin masterclass, which I did not pay for. I want to say that. Um, <laughs> he he taught. He's like. They're like doing pitches, and he's like, "I'm pitching a show. It's called Mission to Mars. It's about it's a real life drama about the high stakes real mission to Mars, and all it is is just takes place on the way to Mars, and that's the show." And I was like, "I watch him make that show. It doesn't sound interesting, yeah. but like, yeah, I'm sure he can do a good job with it." Hey, Chris, if if you have artificial gravity on a spaceship, it's just a ring, man. And a ring is really a long, one long hallway if you think about it. So they can walk forever. I guess that's true. Yeah, you can you can you can uh, have people walk and talk about things forever. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine, um, freaking! Oh, I'm blanking on it. It's that really really famous movie, Sisyphus. No, no, it's so famous. It's so famous. Oh, uh, two thousand one. Two thousand one. I was like nineteen sixty nine. A space <laughs> opera. Nice, nice. Um, ah. <laughs> 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 <sighs> just that but as walk and talks bye everybody oh wait, wait hold on i like i gotta do the thing our international music is done by call the road you can find the stuff at 301 e-rock on youtube check it out it's been like a million years since we've done this like we've been doing it every time just go look at it for once just do it you can find us on patreon.com slash squad goals and support us for like two dollars a month or whatever have fun um extra squad goals on twitter.com extra squad goals at gmail.com that's where we live um we come up with a new episode every Saturday, except, you know, after like the next one, maybe it might be a while. Cause you know, last one, um, got to find a new show. <laughs> <laughs> we're just going to go like, we're going to review our review show of exo squad. It'll be exo squad goals, goals. So yeah. I think I like the parts that I did. Uh, I can take anything with you guys did. Yeah. I think, I think the use of echo was a bold choice by Ryan in those early episodes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It was like having a it was like having a ghost uh, review exo squad. <laughs>
<laughs> the ghost of Christmas past is telling us some really interesting things about Phaeton's motivations. Phaeton! <laughs> you will be visited by a JT Marsh in the future. Um, Just one? Yeah, so for Exo Squad Girls, as always, I'm Chris Mastalone. I'm Ryan Hardy. And I'm Chris Farentino. Are there any heroes in this company? No, no sir. sir. You know, I just realized I didn't really do it with you guys on that, and, you know, I guess that puts me as, like, the superior officer, which, you know, it's a burden, but I'll accept it. Alpha, alpha move, bro. Alpha move. <laughs> it's a gorilla silverback mentality, bro. Very, very, very dominant. I like it. <laughs> Bye. See you guys. Bye.